Today's date is February 22nd, 2018. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is our weekly comic book podcast. It comes to you usually every Wednesday, but sometimes we have some delays, like this week, which is why we're recording the day of. So, <laughs> uh, we apologize. Only a little late. We wanted to see Black Panther and do that review first, which we did, but they'll both be coming out around the same time. So, uh, feel free to look at our review page on our YouTube channel yeah, and on our Stitcher and iTunes, and you can check out that review and see what our opinions are. Yeah, boy. We go spoiler-free at first, then we give you a warning, then we go into spoilers. And uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Let's hope. We can only hope. I mean, we could do a little more than hope. Oh, yeah. We can know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the show, uh, we go into uh, what we've been reading. We talk about the latest news. We tell you all the new releases coming to your local comic book shops every Wednesday. And then we talk about two topics or a third, if there's a guest, uh, for your amusement. Mm -hmm. If that sounds like a good time, hit like and subscribe down below, please. And uh, follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and any other service of your choice. Uh, You can always find the links to all these things on htbvids.com. Uh, and on that homepage, you can find buttons that'll take you straight to our iTunes feed, straight to our Stitcher feed, straight to our YouTube channel, uh, so you don't have to remember any gaudy links or anything like that. Right. We're, we're not at the level where we can have our own uh, vanity URL yet for YouTube. We're getting closer, though. But, uh, <laughs> we inch closer with each passing day. <laughs> so uh, please, if you enjoy the show... Just uh, check that stuff out and help us out so we can get that vanity URL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Emery, what have you been reading? Uh, this week, I kind of was behind the eight ball and didn't really hit the mark. So I, I kind of missed comics this week. Well, you got a few of them that you read from my little batch. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, that was uh, Port of Earth. Number four, mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Sideways, number one. Sideways, number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Still the stupidest fucking name ever. <laughs> I mean, Sideways is not a noun. <laughs> it, it's not a noun. It's an excuse to make silly puns, <sighs> which so they already started in the first issue. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we have yet another Marvel ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, slightly Spider-Man-ish. He's really Spider-Man-ish. <laughs> He's like uh, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, smushed into one character and given the powers of Nightcrawler. All of the things we want in a DC character. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the Terrifics, which are basically the Fantastic Four. Yep. We have Damage, which is basically the Hulk, but only for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have Sideways, which is basically Miles Morales slash Peter Parker smushed together uh, with the powers of Nightcrawler. And with an outfit that looks a lot like blue Spider-Man. Sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Age of DC Heroes. And then there was one other one. Which one was it? Oh, Old Man Hawkeye, number two. 
Old man Hawkeye. <laughs> Which uh, I thought continues to be pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. It, it's kind it, of reminding me of a Quentin Tarantino film, though. <laughs> the way it's been framed. Yeah. There's an issue that I'm having with it, and that's trying to like nail down at what point is this world like are we pre-apocalypse post-apocalypse like post apocalypse but in denial is like there there's a point in which it's assumed that schools are still happening yeah but it looks like we've reached like the end of civilization where schools don't shouldn't matter really there's some contextual issues which we mentioned with when we read the first issue yeah Um, where like i was like i gotta go back and read old man logan the original because i feel like there's some context here that's not right right but you know we know that it's before the events of the first old man logan storyline but that's about it that yeah, that's about it. Uh, we know it's been long enough that he's old <laughs> <laughs> and has a kid. So yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, old man Logan artwork's great. Still still enjoying the story. Uh, looking forward to the next issue. Um, Port of Earth number four continues the strong storyline, but I think it's kind of predictable what's happening. For the, I I wish they would just get to it <laughs> right. with Port of Earth because I I think it's very clear where they're heading and what what the alien they're pursuing is going to do and i wish i'd just get around to it yeah it um, seems like they're doing a lot of setup and a lot of posturing yeah and i mean they kill off a character you know in the this issue uh not gonna say which one or whether they're significant or not but for me it was like that carrier that character had barely been around <laughs> for like 10 seconds so to me i was like that didn't really have any emotional impact whatsoever yeah and i don't know if that's what they were going for but i just i was like okay and they're still being recorded like an episode of cops so it's not even it, like I yeah don't know. it's kind of it, it kind of loses its uh significance yeah so i uh, i mean it's 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 still good. It's just uh, I think it's getting a little predictable and a little slow. I hope they speed it up in the next issue. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, sideways, sideways writing was good when they weren't making puns. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody in this comic has a stupid name. <laughs> like I swear, whoever's writing it is just making up dumbass names, dumbass hipster names. Let me go to the name generator uh, <laughs> or Lestine. Like, shut up. Erlene. <laughs> Nobody does this. Nobody does this. So not only is the superhero named Stupid. <laughs> his real name. His I don't name's even an know, adjective. I don't even know the the superhero's real name's last name. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna his first name's Derek, right? Yeah. Derek. How does he have a normal first name and <laughs> it has a, a, his two associated friends slash sisters have dumb made up fucking <laughs> made up fucking like bullshit rich people names i guess it's like if michael jackson named your kid oh no oh, <laughs> your name is blanket your name is apple <laughs> your name is prince oh wait <laughs> you'd be prince michael i'll hang you over the balcony <laughs> oh no you'll float down just like a blanket yeah. And and you'll float too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Macaulay Culkin is very angry with us right now. <sighs> How dare you besmirch the name of my beloved idol? <sighs> I'm sure Corey Feldman is pissed too. You're just ignorant. You're just <laughs> ignorant. Um, so uh, those were the comics we touched on. Uh, we, we're going to get around to the new Kick-Ass eventually, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to. <laughs> Fucking middle-aged woman with kids fighting crime <laughs> with sticks on the streets of Arizona. <laughs> <sighs> and an outfit worn by a teenage Jewish boy in Brooklyn. <laughs> She's from the military. <laughs> At what point did she think that this was a good idea? Bright yellow sticks. Gotcha! In Arizona. <laughs> a lot of space in Arizona. I'm pretty sure... Not a lot of close quarters combat going on there. Don't military trained people or don't people just in the military normally wear... Oh, I don't know. Camo? Camo Why wear something? camo when you can wear a lime green and yellow <laughs> outfit sported by a young Jewish man? <laughs> lime green and yellow doofus onesie. <laughs> <laughs> With no poop shoot. With no poop shoot. Which you'll need when you're getting your ass kicked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll get around to that eventually. I just don't want to. <laughs> And with that, let's get into the news. First up, DC has been hit with more delays. Surprise! Every week we are talking about new delays from fucking DC because they're more like stretching. To the surprise of no one. They're stretching everybody way too thin, and they're still on this fucking sales idea that you gotta make each issue the each month that it's coming out. That's ridiculous. That's not how you create comics. That's absurd. It's just it's the worst business model ever. Make uh, at least half of it. At least half of it be- yeah. before you start releasing it. It's so <sighs> ridiculous. Uh and when I say at least half of it, I mean half of the run, not an issue. Right. But it's um, like you release half of it so you, you can properly edit and make sure that it's good. Yeah. So this time uh, the delays are a little bit smaller, but still pretty significant for our readers because <laughs> as we've talked about, when there's a delay, people forget your comic exists. Right. And then they forget where the story was and they stop buying it. Yeah. Uh, so first up, Dead Man number 5 has been delayed by 3 weeks and will come out March 21st. Uh Doom Patrol number 11 has been delayed a total now of four months from its original release date of last November, and it will release March 28th. Uh, Doom Patrol number 12 is not solicited and was likely canceled. Uh, The finale to the Dark Knights Metal Event issue number 6 has been delayed two weeks and will be released on March 28th. No reasons were given for any of the delays, at least... The last few weeks, they had the integrity to come out and explain why. Now they're just—they're not even bothered with it anymore. <laughs> they're just like, well, it's gonna happen. Let's just keep doing it. Oh my god! Uh, and I hate that so many of these delays are coming from comics that have such a short run. Right. Six—you couldn't make six issues ahead of time without delays. They've delayed every single one of these metal books. <sighs> this big dumb event. Yeah. <laughs> it, why? Why could you not create these comics ahead of time? Six issues? You couldn't make six issues before release? You had to force them month by month by month? It's like you living paycheck... You three? Yeah, it's making... It's like living paycheck to paycheck in the comic world. Yeah. 
not a very good business model, and I wish they would stop doing it. Um, next up, Incredibles 2 has released a new trailer. It will rely, arrive in theaters June 15th. Ooh. So, do you <laughs> did you see the trailer? I did not. Okay, so this trailer uh, basically f- focuses on <clears throat> the dad, Mr. Incredible, becoming a, a lone stay-at-home dad when mom goes to become a superhero again. Basically, they both want to be superheroes again or whatever, and there's a need for a superhero, but they don't want both of them. So mom does it. So mom mom is, for whatever reason, the one who ends up being the superhero again. So she's kind of having like a midlife crisis as she's becoming a superhero again. And then the dad is trying to figure out how to take care of the kids all on his own while the baby is developing his new powers, which are basically firestorms powers from what i'm guessing because he's just shooting lasers and fire and ice and everything so uh i'm pretty sure like baby jack uh his powers last i saw them in that movie that came out in like 2003 um (laughs) were just uh whatever the fuck we felt like putting on them um i remember the baby turning to metal I remember the lasers. Uh, I, I remember the baby turning to fire. Yeah. It's just uh, kind of whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So that that was the trailer in a nutshell. Him just dealing with the chaos of the kids. And it's right where it left off, it seems like. And um, <sighs> yeah, I... I I didn't. I'm probably one of the few ones. Uh, like I love the Pixar films, but I didn't like the first Incredibles movie that much. I thought of like all the Pixar films, it was better than Cars, but that's about it. <laughs> I'm not a big I, fan I, I'm of it. I'm going to say that there are a lot of Pixar movies that have been released since that are far and away better films, just Damn. straight up. Uh, the biggest issue is probably that that movie doesn't really age well. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time, but even when it first came out, I was just like, this is, I feel like this would be funnier to like stereotypical parents with a white pickle fence and three <laughs> kids and a day job at a desk. Like It, it seems like a very, yeah. it seems a, like a, a very a, targeted audience yeah. that it's going after. And I'm not saying it's bad. It, it was still good as most Pixar films are just like Marvel films. Hint, hint for our review. Hint, hint. <laughs> Um, but it just yeah. wasn't. It just wasn't great. Uh, I just yeah. Uh, as like, I just I've because you throw Samuel L. Jackson in it doesn't make it automatically a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think the the Marvel films have kind of learned that slowly mm-hmm. and started making films without him in it. Only for us to say we, we want him back, <laughs> uh, and this movie might be the the same kind of deal. I was like, well, ah. I mean, he's in it, so well, yeah. I, I think they the kind trailer. of figured we we can't make this movie without this character's best friend, <laughs> Frozone, who who has literally had people for like the last fifteen years yelling. Where is my super suit? <laughs> Woman, where's my super suit? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's. I'm happy for any fans of The Incredibles that they're getting their sequel, but and uh, hopefully it'll be good, but I just didn't. Even the trailer didn't do anything for me. Um, 
<clears throat> Next up on the news, several DC comics are ending soon, according to solicitations. Justice League of America, Trinity, Bombshells United, Batgirl, and the Birds of Prey. Supergirl, Super Sons are all included, with Titans, Harley Quinn, and Teen Titans likely joining them as they are being rolled into Scott Snyder's No Justice event, which will be a four-issue comic event where it looks like injustice to me. Like <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. Brainiacs become a threat and is coming, and villains and heroes are teaming up. Oh my god, that video game actually did really well. It's injustice too. I have an idea, guys. <laughs> but um so if you're fans of those comic books, not all of them are disappearing outright. A lot of them are just relaunching on the DC Inc. and DC Zoom lines, which are the lines for children and teenagers. So, like I know Teen Titans, for example, and Super Sons, both of those are going on the Zoom and Ink lines. Yeah. So you're not necessarily losing them outright. They're just getting different creative teams and moving to a different branch of DC. So um, look forward to that. And I know there's several other examples out there, too. I, know, I think uh, Supergirl is getting her own line on one of the DC Inc. or DC Zoom titles. Yeah, um, I was going to say, there's no way, like with the the current political climate... And the fact that Supergirl has her own TV show, <laughs> that they're canceling her comic book. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy Justice League of America is going away, specifically the current one. It's so bad. Ooh. <laughs> Lobo should not be on a Justice League. Ooh. Nor should he be on the Justice League of America. <laughs> this is a space alien that killed his own people and destroyed his own planet and hunts for fun as a bounty hunter through the galaxy this why would like a villain why would this he literally sounds like a super villain why would he be in the justice league <laughs> and not only the justice league but specifically for one country on one planet <laughs> the justice league of america so yeah it's oh. it's really bad um some of the other books are really good, but like, thankfully a lot of them are sticking around in other, you know, younger divisions. Younger yeah. divisions. Uh, s- sad to see Trinity go because we like seeing Superman punch a T Rex in the face. <laughs> um, Bombshells, yeah. Bombshells United. Uh, I'm glad that it had as long a run as it did because if you don't know, I have them. These are the original Bombshell variants. If you're curious, in the background, they they did it as a special monthly event during New 62, where a bunch of lines had bombshell variant covers. New 52. And, and yeah. And they were so popular that uh, they decided to see if they could come up with a good story and add them. And, and they were pretty good bucks. They are pretty, pretty yeah. fun. So they had their own bombshell line uh, where they actually had stories associated with all the characters they had created. And it, it was it was pretty decent, so I'm happy for them. It's uh, they lasted way longer than I thought they would for a variant <laughs> line, you know. It's a rare case of when an art style demands some cor- some kind of story behind it, as yeah. opposed to the other way around. I wish they had done like a storyline for the steampunk variants that they had oh. for all the characters, because those looked really cool. And I tried to collect them all, but they were just they were off the shelves, like. Like instantly, it's steampunk is it's a hot thing. Gotham by Gaslight is uh, 
if that's any indication. Yeah. So uh, that that's just uh, some comics of note. Harley Quinn, I'm, I hope they do finally give her a break because I think everything is just so... Just Saturate. saturated with oh, yeah. Harley Quinn, and it's just like whether it's Suicide Squad or making guest appearances in every other comic book and uh, <laughs> her own line, and then every every month it seems like she has some kind of holiday special and some <laughs> kind of uh, Poison Ivy crossover thing, and th- now she's got the Archie Comics crossover thing where Ivy and Harley meet Betty and Veronica or whatever. I am so <laughs> fucking sick of Harley Quinn right now, and. And when I say of Harley Quinn, I mean specifically the modern Harley Quinn that is just obnoxious and just a blatant, you know. Yeah, it's like we get it. I get it. I really do. We thought we had hit gold when we hired Margot Robbie to play Harley Quinn in DC's only Oscar-nominated film, Oscar-winning hey, film. Hey. Hey, they've won another Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, yeah? Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm pretty right. sure Superman, the Superman movies, won some Oscars. The the original ones, yeah. The standards were a little different. But, Batman uh, 89 might have won one for sound, I think, for music. Boom! 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 Oh man! Just schooled you. That's <laughs> that, that's more than earth shattering. It's more than anything that Marvel's ever come close to being nominated for ever. Which Logan I mean, does can, Logan count? Can we count Logan, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna count it. It deserves to stand on its own. Fox did a good job. They did. They did an amazing job. But uh, yeah, I mean, even before the Margot Robbie casting and all that stuff, like Harley Quinn was just so saturated in the comic book market, and I'm just, <laughs> I like I like Harley Quinn more when she's a villain, but I just I'm just so over, <laughs> I'm just so sick of it. Just over her presence. Like the past ten to twenty years has just been Harley Quinn everything. Uh, on that note, again. Read Batman White Knight. <laughs> it does something fun with Harley Quinn. It does something <clears throat> very fun with Harley Quinn. Uh, next up on the news, the game Rocket League has announced a new DC-themed DLC for its hit soccer car, franchise, which I also enjoy. Okay, DC-themed or Batman-themed? DC-themed. Okay. The pack includes uh, the iconic Tumblr from the Nolanverse, the 1989 Batmobile, and several character-themed flags and decals for the price of $3.99, and that includes Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman, Green Lantern. So, that sounds like a good time. Why don't you go pick up that DLC and come play me (laughs) on Rocket League? (laughs) I'm sick of playing all these chubs! (laughs) Uh, I'll play that game once I feel like driving the DeLorean that I purchased on there again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like one trophy away from having all the trophies, and it's literally the only reason I play that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to platinum. Yeah. Uh, next up, Marvel has released a promo video for their new line launch set to start in May of this year, featuring new character lines, new books, new creators via the departure of Brian Michael Bendis. So we watched the little clip. And it was really pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) It was basically like one shot of a a gaggle of heroes just 
kind of being photoshopped, getting closer and closer, and, and then, doing some weird like, stuff. Black Panther moved his arm a little. <laughs> yeah, everybody else had cool sparks and fire and whatever else, and were jumping out of panels, but Black Panther had arm. <laughs> Black Panther does one thing and one thing only, <laughs> and that's scratch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought that was kind of silly. And then they had the the new uh, head of head editor, I guess. Uh, C.B. Sibolsky. Yeah, of or Marvel. From his 10 or ten to 8 years ago pseudonym, Akira Yoshida. <laughs> Fat white guy, by the way. <laughs> yes, C.B. Sibolsky is his real name. But um, And then we had him just kind of reading a placard. <laughs> and... It was it was a very awkward promo video. It, it was a, a placard uh, to let people know, uh, yeah, we know that we might have fucked up for the last year or so, and I'm here to maybe fix it. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? I uh, no, no. It, it was just so cringeworthy because it felt like that Venom teaser when they had the big oh, event no. and then they had nothing to show them. Anything like, but that Venom teaser. I expected them to show like panels or like the artists and writers that were going to be on the new lines or to, anything to, like, like that. Announce a new lineup yeah. of writers or something. But instead, we just got this kind of sad-looking guy reading a placard, really obviously, <laughs> <laughs> with like weird animations of a single image. Just like why, 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 why even bother? <laughs> with this video it's like i just wonder how much money they spent on this like pathetic video um it's like they know people watch youtube and they know youtube has either got people like staunchly supporting or being vehemently opposed to some of the things that they've done with their characters yeah like i felt like we could have put together something better than (laughs) what they showed us so i'm a little i was a little disappointed with that Um, yeah obviously we could have put together something on par Obviously, this is something very predictable with the departure of Brian Michael Bendis, who has been pretty much in charge creatively. Yeah. As you would imagine, you know, like Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns over at DC has been for the past five years or so. Yeah. So Brian Michael Bendis had tenure. There's going to be a large amount of turnover, I anticipate, and a lot of those stories that you may like or may not like are probably going to be toned down a little. Toned down, shifted, shifted maybe back, even completely rearranged or undone. Yeah, Who knows? It, it looks like a lot of original characters are returning to their mantles, their original mantles, and not old man versions or female versions or right. different cultural versions. So we'll see if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. All, all I'm saying is Marvel better not do what uh, it seems like DC is doing with a new age of heroes. <laughs> I mean, they're they're trying. <laughs> I mean, Sideways wasn't a bad book. It just it, has it, a dumb name. It, Damage it, was a bad book, and it's it just needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Silencer it, it, was good. Yeah, Silencer was good. Uh, but uh, one out of three three titles and another one that gets basically uh, panels shown like in every other fucking comic. Even though it's been delayed. Several times. And Immortal Men, which is not coming till fucking April. <laughs> it was supposed to be the headlining book that started in, I think, December. Right. No, no, we got to push it back. We, we got we to gotta go back to the drawing board on this one and make sure it's good. 
Um, I'm pretty or at least sure. I hope that's what they're saying, and not like, eh, we're we're gonna see how these other books do first before we burn more time and money on this one. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. I'm just glad to not have to see all the bullshit, you know, post yeah. s- new Secret Wars oh. bullshit. <laughs> it's it's so intimidating for a new comic fan to want to come in when you have all these different versions of the same goddamn characters floating around and causing problems and continuity issues and I don't know why DC and Marvel both decided to have the whole let's put them all together and make them kiss <laughs> like really that's your solution in order to make everybody happy we're just going to shove everybody in the same universe every version every creed like no, that's it, it, not necessary. That's just confusing for everybody. It, it's not like, you know, DC didn't have really successful, uh, what's that term? Elseworld books? <laughs> like Red Sun. And, uh, These things can all be done. It, yes. Without smushing everything in continuity and fucking everything up and making it incredibly daunting to any kind of new reader. <sighs> but that's just my opinion. If you want to do a fresh start... Why not do something like what you did back in the 2000s and start another fucking universe? (laughs) And that, my friends, is the news. And you know what? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Bob, I've got one question for you and one question only. What books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. Oh. Oh, my God. First up, from DC Comics. Now again, these are <laughs> these are the releases that came out yesterday. Because <laughs> we're recording this a little bit late. A little bit. And by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be two days before. So if you really want these bucks, you should rush out and get them like, immediately <laughs> yeah, before they're sold out. Get them now. Uh, from get DC. Right now. DC had a lot of really strong covers this week. Just want to point that out. Marvel had a few really good ones, too. Um... And even image. Damn, there's a lot of good image. Yeah. From DC Comics, we have Aquaman number 33. We have Batman number 41. We have Batman Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 number 4. We have Batman and the Signal number 2 because it got delayed. We have Batman <laughs> Sins of the Father number 1. We have Batwoman number 12. We have Bombshells United number 12. We have Cave Carson slash Swamp Things Special number 1. And it has a big map of the multiverse. Interesting. We have Damage, number two. We have Future Quest Presents, number seven. We have Green Lanterns, number 41. We have Harley Quinn, number 38. We have Injustice 2, number 20. We have Justice League, number 39. We have Mad Magazine, number 550. We have Nightwing, number 39. Look forward to a new creative team taking over, I think, on issue 44, because the current team is... Artistically very good. Writing is very bad. Oh, please. Stories are so bad. Please give us a new team on this. Uh, Next up, Super Sons, number 13. We have Superman, number 41. Uh, Teen Titans Go, number 26. We have The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, number one, which has a really cool kind of fantasy cover. We have Trinity, number 18. We have Wonder Woman cross Conan, number six. And that wraps up DC. From Marvel Comics, we have Astonishing X-Men number 8. 
we have Avengers number 681. We have Black Panther Annual number one, cashing in. We have <laughs> da- Daredevil number 599, where we terrorize a man who is blind with mirrors. That's a victimless crime. <laughs> we have Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number five. We have Doctor Strange Damnation number one. And Ooh. I believe I see Blade in the background. Ooh. Ooh. I know what I'm picking up. We have Generation X, number 87. We have Infinity Countdown, Prime, number one. Guessing there's going to be another event. Looks like we have some tie-ins. <laughs> uh, we have Luke Cage, number 170. We have Monsters Unleashed, number 11. We have Punisher, The Platoon, number six. We have Star Wars, Dr. Afra, number 17. Fucking nerds. <laughs> we have Tales of Suspense, number 102. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 796. We have The Defenders with another really cool cover, number 10. We have In- The Incredible Hulk, number 713. We have The Mighty Thor, number 704. We have Venom, number 162. And we have X-Men Gold, number 22. From Dynamite Entertainment, we have BSG versus BSG. Number two. Bears, bears eat beats. Bears <laughs> beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> we have James Bond, The Body, number two. We have Pumpkinhead, number one. <clears throat> we have Red Sonia, number 13. Boob comic. Boobs. We have Vampirella, number 10. More boobs. I feel like this comic appears on our listing with a million variants every fucking week. That, yeah, everyone likes to... Buy our it. boobs. Please. Buy them. Do you like boobs covered in bats? Do you like boobs covered in blood? Do you <laughs> like boobs covered in Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Buy our boobs. Uh, please. <laughs> Signed, sincerely, Dynamite. <laughs> from image comics we have birthright number 30 we have descender number 27 we have eternal empire number seven i gotta find that number one because i'm really curious about that one mm. we have evolution number four we have hit girl number one we have horizon number 18 we have ice cream man number two this one being that kind of uh stephen king like monster slash scary tale book yeah not my taste but if you like uh stephen king you'll probably like it next up we have lazarus source book number three we have big release maestros number five get hyped oh shit boy oh i love maestros you should love maestros too very adult very adult very funny but you should read it if you're an adult oh yeah Next up, Monstrous, number 14. Another huge re- release. Get uh, hyped. Santa Takeda's artwork is still as pristine as ever. And she, she's back at it again. God, she's so good. Uh, next up, we have Moonshine, number seven. We have Postal, Mark, number one, which is a spinoff of the original Postal book. Uh, we have Redlands, number six. We have Regression, number seven. We have Sex Criminals, number 22. We have The Family Trade, number five. We have The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, number two. And we have Twisted Romance, number three. 
From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time Comics, number 20. We have Fence, number 4. We have Kong and the Planet of the Apes, number 4. We have Lucas Stand, Inner Demons, number 1. We have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 24. It's Morphin Time! (laughs) Mastodon! We have Rugrats, number 5. We have... The Storytellers, Fairies, number three. We have WWE, number 14, brother! (laughs) Oh, yeah! From IDW (laughs) Publishing, we have Gears of War, The Rise of Ram, (laughs) number two. Oh, the thing I put in my computer. (laughs) We we have Kid Lobotomy, number five. We have My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, number (laughs) 63. You fucking bronies. Ugh, gross. <laughs> we have Punk's Not Dead, number one. Pretty sure it's dead. <laughs> you can try to resuscitate it, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to work. Pretty sure it's been dead for a while. Uh, we have Tangled, number one. And we have The Comic Book History of Comics, Comics for All, number three. And that wraps up IDW. From Titan Books, we have Bloodborne, number one. Gonna pick this one up. We have Quake, number three. And we have Rivers of London, Cry Fox, number four. Mm. Which has a very unique cover there. (laughs) From Dark Horse Comics, we have Department H, number 23. We have Empowered and Sista Spookies High School Hell, number three. Yes, spelled S-I-S-T-A-H. I hate everything about that book. We have Hellboy and the BPRD, number 55, Burning Season, number one. We have Matahari, number one. Looks like a boo variant, <laughs> even though it's just the regular cover, but we'll see. I think she's like an assassin or something. That would be historically accurate. <laughs> and we have Vinegar Tea. From Vertigo, we have Deathbed, number one. And we have The American Way, Those Above and Below, number six. And that wraps up all the comic books coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices <clears throat> this week. Now it's <clears throat> time to hand out the prestigious nay life-changing award mm. of comic cover and variant cover of the week this week's a wet one folks oh man uh we try not to because there were a lot of really good deserving covers but unfortunately it's just so hard to say no to joshua middleton and Stepan sajic uh when they're on their a game and this week they are definitely on their a game first up our regular cover of the week goes to DC's Aquaman number 33 cover by none other than Stepan Sajic. Now, if you're not familiar with Stepan Sajic, he is most popular for his work on a book called Sunstone, I believe, uh, which is a book about a... How, how do you want to describe that one? <laughs> it's a good book. It's a, an adult book. About a bondage couple. Yep. Uh, with a fucking amazing artwork it's amazing artwork and for a book about a bondage lesbian couple let's be bisexual 
Uh, yeah, that's true. Because the it, one had it, the boyfriend, and then the boyfriend is now dating someone else. Yeah, because it, they were both doms, they couldn't get together, and yeah. right, it, it's, it just it's, doesn't work. It's a surprisingly good book about smutty material. <laughs> yes, it is. Like an incredibly good book, and I don't understand how. <laughs> and it's not like like full on porn or anything. Nah. A lot of it's suggested work and then in bondage apparel or whatever. Yeah. But then the actual stories are actually pretty fun and interesting and the it, characters are actually pretty yeah. likable. It it's like it it's the life outside of, you know, the the boudoir. So yeah, Stepan Sajic, uh I think a lot of people overlook him in the comic book world just because of his, his former work and yeah. his unabashedly <laughs> um uh, I would say glorification of the human naked figure. Uh, so yes, he he knows how to draw nudity very well. <laughs> uh, he also apparently knows how to draw uh, an Atlantean king and queen, as yeah. seen here. So here um, we've talked about Aquaman several times over this past year because it just keeps popping up with great cover work. And then we get the book, and because we're not in the storyline, we don't know what's going on, we don't want to hop in and give it a rating on our Did the Content Match the Drape segment, which we don't have this week because we didn't read the last ones. Um, right. Again, in the middle of a storyline, didn't want to read without context. But we have flipped through them, and the artwork inside and what looks like some kind of court intrigue storyline where you kind of got, like a, like you described, a Game of Thrones situation going on. Yeah. The book looks so good, it inside does. and out, and it's I, beautifully. I'm drawn. gonna have to go on Comicsology or something, get all the back issues, and catch up because we keep buying these issues, and I gotta read them <laughs> because it just looks so good. And Stepan Sajic once again, no pun intended, blew it out of the water <laughs> uh, with another great cover this time featuring Mara and Aquaman, kind of an embrace and a kiss with various hands i'm guessing the different courts yeah. uh the different court characters pulling them apart and uh setting up for the finale of the current storyline so i have a feeling once money is less tight i'll be getting into this and diving pretty deep again no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> um oh just as long as they don't make me mad enough to Start dressing up like Black Manta. My man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it looks really cool. Oh. Generally speaking, I've been totally against uh, Court King Aquaman and Bearded Aquaman. I always think it's really goofy. Oh, you know, like the Injustice Aquaman, for example. He's just too goofy and over the top. <laughs> oh, what are you? How dare you talk so rudely to a king? Like kneel before me, like that. I hate that shit. Like kneel, land dweller. Yeah, <laughs> it's so shitty to me. I like when he's a human. He's the Arthur Curry that grew up on the shoreline with his father. Didn't know he was an Atlantean, but knew he had exceptional abilities. You know, right? That sort of stuff. He I knew he was special. Yeah, um, I like that stuff. I don't like the whole <laughs> kind of royal King court. douche. Yeah, 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 exactly. Royal douchebag, you know, with big beard, yeah. hook hand. I, <laughs> you know, I hate that version of Aquaman, but um, it looks really interesting and maybe this is just, you know, the typical Arthur Curry, but trying to figure out how to ascend the throne without alienating everybody since he is half human. Right. Um, and then Mara obviously being from a group that got expelled from Atlantis long ago, so... You know, yeah, she's not welcome in Atlantis either. 
There's, uh, a, there, there's a lot going on in this book. So I got to get to it. This artwork, once again, is fantastic. Once again, there's just so much attention to detail. Uh, I, I I would guess he does a lot of the raw, uh, you know, outlining and then uses kind of Photoshop interfaces to paint it and shade it. But he, he just does such great work, uh, whether it's uh, his DC work or his Sunstone stuff or his Marvel, you know, commissions and stuff. He Stepan Sajic just consistently does fantastic work, and if you're not a fan of Stepan Sajic because of his reputation for what the work he has done, I think you're doing yourself and him a very great disservice because his artwork is is meant for the eyes to consume. Yes. So, uh, big congrats to Stepan Sajic for once again winning the Hit the Books uh, cover of the week with Aquaman number thirty three uh, regular cover. Now, our our variant of the week our variant also of the happens week, to be... Sh- <laughs> we, we should mention that we actually chose the variant before we chose the uh, regular cover. Yeah. we had Again, we had several nominees uh, for regular cover. We had Monstrous. We had Birthright. We had The Defenders, number 10, all with great covers. Uh, but in the end, we just couldn't say no to Aquaman, number 33. And then we we literally had to flip a coin between two comics, which yeah. was <laughs> Defenders number ten and Aquaman thirty three, to choose one, and it landed heads, and we went with Aquaman thirty three. Yeah, so it, it, it was a it, close call yeah. across the board. It does help that Stepan Sajic, uh, he he just knows how to like perfectly portray this type of artwork. There's there's something about like the the underwater nature of these characters that he captured perfectly yeah and uh just to give a quick shout out david marquez which did the defenders number 10 cover did a great job and literally it it took a coin flip for him not to win literally yeah um it was it was a close call the variant however i think was very clear from the beginning who we're gonna choose and once again it's aquaman number 33 (laughs) this time the variant cover done by joshua middleton and this cover, <laughs> I, when I first saw it, I just thought of like you know the L'Oreal Paris, you know, <laughs> kind of commercials. Um, because he's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look like some kind of makeup or like hair dye commercial or something. It does. But oh, oh my god, it's so neat and intricate, and it looks like it's done with some kind of oil paints. Um, done by Joshua Middleton once again. Um, this cover just has such a cool uh, use of kind of wavy lines and you can see that he's hidden like little features in the artwork you can see like a small fish next to his neck and if you're not looking real close you might completely miss it because it all kind of blends into his hair and his beard that's all kind of waving and he creates the perfect effect of being you know illustrating the fact that he is in a body of water even though there's no water necessarily de- depicted or defined there, you know, right? It's um, like the, it has uh, something of an otherworldly yeah. nature to it. And the closer you look, the more you see. He uses like little little dots, like little circles with blue and orange color that are in his hair that kind of outline what you assume are bubbles of some sort, right? Yeah. But then if you look closer, some of those bubbles turn out to be some kind of creature. Right <laughs> or a symbol. It's it's really really cleverly done, and I think done really wonderfully. And I really love how he made this cover, and it's an outstanding cover. 
awesome cover. Joshua Middleton, uh, like Stepan Sajic, has won our award in the past. Yeah. Um, I, again, because these Aquaman covers have just been so great. So really love this cover. Can't say enough about how great this cover is. And I highly recommend you go pick up both the Aquaman 33 and the variant cover for this week for the artwork alone because they're just so fantastic and done so well and so cleverly and then you know i would also say the same about defenders number 10 and monstrous number 14 oh, yeah. um, again great covers just the artwork alone is it was just such yeah. a strong week and so hard to, to pick oh, just one and i mean there's even brave and the bold number one i mean that has a cool very unique kind of fantasy cover with wonder woman and batman unfortunately I hate to do this because it's not really the artist's fault, but the new design for Batman just looks so goofy. In that, I hate it. In that backdrop. I don't like the highlighter yellow around the bat symbol. I don't like the kind of blue-purple <laughs> cowl interior. Yeah. Um, it just it just looks a little goofy and it kind of ruined the fantasy image you know if it if batman hadn't been there it would have looked really cool yeah but because batman was in there next to wonder woman in this big fantasy creature guy it just it kind of <laughs> that, that with the current costume design it didn't look that very cover good. actually would have been fine had it just been uh, that what i'm assuming is some kind of troll or or creature and just wonder woman yeah it would have been fine it would have been very good yeah but I, w- <laughs> I feel like Swamp Thing would have fit that picture much better. Yeah, he would. I don't know if it fit the story, but uh, I, I to mean, each their own. Yeah. Uh, so big congrats once again to Stepan Sajic for Aquaman number 33 and Joshua Middleton for Aquaman number 33 variant. Uh, you have both won our cover and variant cover uh, of the week and for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books. Emery, what is your topic? My topic is one that comes hot on the heels so of the Black Panther release. <laughs> uh, Again, you can check out our review on our YouTube channel. We'll probably post it on Stitcher and iTunes also, like our previous reviews. But be sure to check those out if you're interested. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's something that watching that movie has made me realize. And that is that Marvel villains outside of... Well, Marvel villains that aren't already taken by other studios. Spider-Man villains, X-Men villains. Yeah. They're kind of weak. They're really bad. (laughs) They're weak. They're bad. I don't fucking care about any of them, like, not even an hour after the movie's done. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I will say that one villain prior to Black Panther had a memorable villain that previously had never been really memorable to me, and that's Vulture. I th- uh, yeah. I think Michael Keaton played the best villain that we have ever had in a Marvel Universe movie, in my opinion, and that includes Black Panther. Uh, I-, I will say that, uh, in my opinion... Uh, Black Panther's Killmonger is right up there with him. Yeah, Killmonger's solid number two for me. I I have no problem saying he's my second favorite villain that we've had. Yeah, obviously he's not really. Um, I just won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
see our review. Yes, please see our review. But uh, um, long story short, we really like that movie. Yeah, it was good, not great right. for me. Uh, I thought it was as solid as a Marvel movie can be. Top 10, not top 5. I went top 5, personally. But I still again, don't understand how. <laughs> I, I, again, see the review. <laughs> B minus. <laughs> uh, I gave it a C plus, but then boosted it to a B minus out of spite. <laughs> because DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, and I, I hate my own <laughs> fanboyism. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well deserved. Watch our review. <laughs> but, um... Uh, yeah, there, there's a, a thing that, uh... Okay. So, we have two villains right now that anyone probably cares about or cares enough to remember anything about. And that is, of all the villains they could have picked, Vulture... <laughs> Is like the, before this movie, Vulture yeah. was a fucking D list. I I mean that like that no just, one cared about him. That just goes to show that you know the writers of Spider Man Homecoming and Michael Keaton just fucking nailed it. Yeah, they blew it out. They knew way it. out of the park. They hit that ball so hard, <laughs> so far. I mean, it landed on another fucking country. Yeah, <laughs> like they did an outstanding job especially towards the end there like oh there, there's yeah. that one scene where he shows up to pick his girlfriend for the the, the dance or whatever oh, oh my god so good such a good scene um <laughs> but uh yeah uh for me vulture's number one yeah um not any he, he has no real greater impact on the marvel universe you know he's not going to be contending with thanos for any kind of significance but he's just so cool it, his, and so good at being a villain. His story mattered. Yeah. Like to the like while it doesn't affect the the Marvel Cinematic Universe at large, mm -hmm. his story mattered. Yeah. Um much the in a different way, much like Black Panther's villain, his story mattered. Yeah. Um, to the characters and the oh, audience. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It wasn't just generic, you know, industrial guy, you uh, know, generic I, rich guy who wants to undermine the company or generic Nazi guy who, you know, wants to do Nazi things for reasons. Uh or generic s space villain because yeah. we we want more worlds. Generic space guy with weird colored skin and you know, Stones, <laughs> get stones, and uh, it, talking about uh, he basically spouts off a bunch of like weird space techno babble that no one's gonna yeah. remember or give a fuck about. Yeah, and I think, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two had a chance with their villain in that movie, but they just squandered it, in my <sighs> opinion, with all the forced jokes and the terrible. <laughs> Terrible plot line and the side quests and uh, I was laughing at that movie for the wrong reason. Uh, that so movie should not have done that to I me. I think that had the potential uh squandered Kurt Russell there, but they just yeah, they yeah. just didn't nail it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um But uh but I guess you could bring up Loki. Now everybody gives Loki all the credit for being a good Marvel villain. I don't think he's a very good villain. He's not. He's not. He's not even a villain half the time. Right. He's, he's like an anti-hero, which kind is of. not what you should be doing with Loki. <laughs> yeah, and I, 
I don't know. Like, I like the actor. I like how he's played. I like his character contributions in the stories, but he never seems like the major villain. Like, even in Avengers, he wasn't the major villain. He was just the guy doing the bitch work for Thanos. Right. You know, who we see on camera once. Right. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> so he had no, like, power or significance, you know, as a villain. Uh, even in the Thor movies where he's pulling his tricks and being a dickbag, that's pretty much all he's doing. He's pulling some tricks and being a dickbag. An arrow from Hawkeye was enough to blow him out of a fucking, like, alien spacecraft thing. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's not a good villain. He's not a particularly smart villain either. He, so there's really nothing there. Right. I he, mean, he, he I like, get it. He's handsome. He's, he, he's dark and... He's self brooding. He's he's got some family issues. You yeah, know? he seems like the kind of guy you'd want to date and try to fix. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's I get it. No? I get. I get it, ladies and some of you men out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's not a good character. <laughs> no. He's not a good villain, in my opinion. It's like the, and it's a shame that this is the case. But the best that they ever did with that character was in the first Thor movie. Yeah. And even that wasn't like particularly really villainous. It was just no, it was I'm just, being a dick bag cuz I'm angry about who my parents are. Right. <laughs> so, let, let's go through the list of Marvel villains real quick that currently exist um as major villains or have existed. Um we have uh Iron Man's business partner. I forget the name. Uh, the guy in the fat iron suit, oh, Jeff Bridges. Obadiah. Obadiah <laughs> Stane. Um, we got Mickey Rourke with the octopus thing. Oh, yeah, the uh, electro tentacles. Yeah. Uh, Who the, the I liked, by the way. I whiplash. thought Whiplash. Whiplash, thank you. I thought he was a good villain. Again, I'm a DC fanboy. I don't right. care about these lesser characters that aren't <laughs> X-Men villains. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... uh. Great. Uh, Whiplash, I actually liked, and I liked Mickey Rourke's uh, performance, but I think they just kind of wasted him. So nobody remembers him because Iron Iron Man well, 2 wasn't a particularly good movie. Oh, they, and then they, in the they end. They barely spent any time on him. Most yeah. of the time, it was just uh, the Tony real. trying to n- not fuck up. Yeah. And, uh, and then the real villain was the other business guy. Yeah, the other fucking business guy. So, yeah. Again, throwaway. Another throwaway white dude villain. Right. Just some generic dude. <laughs> uh generic rich dude um i think they had potential to make a really cool villain uh with um iron man 3 iron man 3 um oh my god what's, what's the, the mandarin, mandarin the mandarin so much potential i think they could have done so much with the mandarin <laughs> but instead they went for plot twist he's an actor and it's this generic white guy who runs a business who runs a business and then at the end Again. tries to claim that He's the Mandarin. It, that movie, f- and for some reason, he has some weird glowing powers because reasons. That movie failed so fucking hard that there was literally a Marvel one shot to say that, oh no, the real Mandarin is actually pissed at you, person who tried to pretend like they were the Mandarin, <laughs> as if we're ever actually going to bring the fucking Mandarin back. Yeah, that was real dumb. So, again, another villain with potential, but completely wasted in the movie universe, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, for Thor, we have Loki and then the Dark Elves, which didn't really do anything. So, 
and then space people who were just kind of dicks. Jeff Goldblum, who wasn't really a villain. He was just a like, self-entitled space asshole. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like he, He's a villain the same way that... Um, the fuck is that movie? Uh, Gladiator. <laughs> he, he's a villain the same way that uh, the person who takes the throne like a little ways into the movie he's the same way that he's a villain in that same way but only for that certain part where he's just the the king asshole who uh decides to have people fight because he thinks it's funny worth it Come from the land of the ice and snow, um, but not where good movies are made. <laughs> Zero on the tomato <laughs> is what they deserve. <laughs> Just kidding. Calm down. Uh, don't um, don't set the internet on fire. So uh, another character not really living up to the hype. Ultron was terrible, super boring. <laughs> which well, I did I did not expect. I thought Ultron was going to be pretty good, I, especially with who they had playing him. I, I uh, thought Ultron was going to be more than I know I was born yesterday, but uh, I can already see that out of all of you people I should I'm going to try to emulate. It's going to be Tony Stark, weirdly. I'm going to try to act like him. Daddy. <laughs> and also try to kill him. And also say that it's the time of the machines because that goes over well ever in any movie. You would think that that AI would have had some time to maybe download some movies to see how <laughs> machines versus man tends to go. No, he just had Terminator. Oh, fuck him. Machines win in Terminator. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, machines win until you realize th- they make up time travel. Like in that movie, this like they literally go back in time to find a way to win because the moral of the story, which is what uh, that life, uh, um, uh, f- we'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> life always um, uh, uh, um, uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's another villain off the list of significance and of course it's a villain that probably won't matter <laughs> into yeah. the future yeah um, no. what other movies we have the captain america movies so red skull doesn't matter um it's just generic nazi guy he he, uh, he literally gets voiped into whatever the fuck happens when you touch that cube yep <laughs> Um, we have the Hydra, generic white Nazi dude, uh, and Captain America, Winter Soldier. And I, you can kind of say Winter Soldier, but he's not the villain. We all know he's not the villain. Everybody going into the movie knew he wasn't the villain. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think that really counts. And even if you do count him, it's not like he did anything. <laughs> he just sabotaged some shit, didn't say a word, and that was it. Is. And had Captain America shout, Bucky! <laughs> a few times that was about it great movie though <laughs> great movie but that yeah. villain does not matter at all uh civil war didn't even need a villain but <laughs> they they had like once again generic white guy uh this is a fucking versus movie who orchestrated a versus movie uh yeah <laughs> so you got that yeah uh, no real villain there 
Um, am I missing any big ones? Uh, I mean, we got S- Spider-Man Homecoming, which has Vulture. Uh, we have uh, Black Panther now with Killmonger. And the other guy, I can't remember his name, Andy Serkis's character. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought he was just as good as a villain, even though he's not the main focus. Honestly, I think uh, Claw and Killmonger are two villain halves that basically were stretched out into one villain hole. Yeah, and then we had, uh, what was, it? What was his name, Crossbones? <laughs> who you did mean nothing that glorified thug yeah the guy that got blown up but <laughs> had like armor with an x on it so now he's a marvel character <laughs> yeah that that's what it takes to be a villain in this universe cool costume <laughs> uh, uh he didn't last long so obviously he doesn't <laughs> count on the list of significant villains batrock the leaper showed up once <laughs> And by once, I mean in the very beginning of Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh. There's a guy with a vaguely uh, orange and purple costume who stands there just so he can have his ass kicked. We forgot. Shocker. Oh. (laughs) Does he even count? I I mean. We already went through There's more than one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently anybody who holds the little gun thing and spider-man homecoming is shocker even Um, though that's not even how the shocker's thing is supposed to work yeah he's basically a generic thug for vulture basically (laughs) so like a a a c-list villain becoming the thug for a d-list villain (laughs) (laughs) uh but somehow vulture was still awesome so right we can't say much this is what i found it takes to make a villain great and that is for the villain to, much like we've learned with Magneto back in the early 2000s, is to have a villain who is, in a way or two, a little sympathetic. The entire point around Most this, of the time. Most of the time. Joker might be the one exception. Uh, the one exception. Uh, the entire theme around the Vulture was... Date! Darker germs. Darker germs. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was a guy who was trying to do his job. He was trying to do his job and get paid to do said job because that's what he was originally hired to do. Mm-hmm. But then, lo and behold, a uh, big corporation comes and swoops in. Well, that corporation being the U.S. government. Uh, I, they technically count as a corporation. <laughs> um, they swoop in, and they say, nah, <laughs> we're taking it. Yeah. So uh, you have that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have a sympathetic character. You have a surprisingly intelligent character. Yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of these villains. Right. Um, and you have a, a character with... A motive that makes sense. Yes. Like, th- there is a motive that makes you feel in one way or another, I could have been that guy. Yeah. That is, I think, how Marvel makes a great villain. Or how but, they should. <laughs> yeah, how they should be making great villains. Uh, the Marvel heroes really stand on the idea that like, if this were to happen to you, this is what you would turn out like. You could 
be the person who somehow gets born with uh, healing abilities like Wolverine or the kid who ran randomly walks into some kind of uh, weird science experiment during like a school field trip and yeah. you end up becoming Spider-Man and the stories from there basically ensue in a way that makes you think I probably would have gone that route had I been in their shoes. Now, do you think the situation would be any different if the Marvel Universe had started off still having the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, uh, Spider-Man, and uh, you know Deadpool and all these other characters? Do you think that would have made any difference, or do you think they would still have kind of the generic Disney-fied villain that is kind of forgettable instead of having that kind of significance that I think Fox did a good job in bringing to certain villains? Um specifically Magneto because yeah, obviously Magneto. I, I I think and that's been the question I think since day 1 since before Disney had even gotten a hold of Marvel proper is how much is Disney affecting how these stories are coming out like are are they in some way shape or form affecting the kinds of stories we can tell with these characters. And of course, uh, Marvel Studios wasn't owned by Disney when they started this whole, you know, continuum. It was after the fact that they bought Marvel. Right. This this was like maybe two movies in that Disney decided to uh, swoop in and uh, pay them a lot of money so that they could keep making more movies. Yeah. Um, The the thing that uh, I think really strikes me with that question is that while we do have those Marvel movies, we have alternately on Netflix things like Daredevil season one, uh, Jessica Jones season one that tackles like really, really dark adult themed situations. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and like those characters are actually in some ways better than the ones that we have in the movies. Uh, whether or not that's because we get to explore them for a full 13 hours or not mm-hmm. uh, is kind of up in the air. I think it's more in how they portray these characters in a way where you either are made to think, if I was in that situation, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or in cases like uh, the villain for Jessica Jones season one, Kilgrave, who's... Well, it's like you don't want to think that there's any part of that character that you could possibly like understand or make sense in your mind. Sure, yeah. But then they reveal the part where you see what he was as a child and how he was basically a lab experiment. Yeah. Uh, a lab experiment that resulted in him being given the ability to basically take whatever he says and turn it into a direct un uh, what's the word uh, the, he turns whatever he says into a command that you cannot rebel against it's a compulsion that's what it is mm-hmm. um yeah this is like I, I don't know how Disney even let them do that yeah, with that I, character. I think uh, Marvel has kind of done the opposite of what DC traditionally does, 
Whereas DC traditionally builds really dynamic kind of interactions with their villains and a diverse cast of interesting villains, even if they have some kind of goofy name, like the Flash villains. Just oh, all, yeah. the, all the rogue gallery has a stupid, goofy name. But they're, they have depth. They're really interesting characters in their own right when you read them. Yeah. Um, I think their kind of sh- shortage is on the hero side, where the heroes aren't particularly the most interesting people in the world. You know, right. you got generic billionaire doing whatever, which is like half of DC heroes, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you got generic alien guy or generic superpowered guy doing ninety things. And I, I'm sure you know there's several characters that I would disagree with that on, especially being a DC fanboy myself. But right. um, I think overall that's kind of been the traditional projection where you just kind of have these kind of eh, heroes that have cool powers and gadgets or whatever, but then their villains are what really makes them interesting and dynamic. Uh, I think Marvel has the opposite problem where they have a lot of really interesting characters, you know, superheroes and stuff, but the, the people that are actually, the forces they're actually going up against aren't always very interesting or compelling. And just really. seem kind of cookie cutter, you know, generic, you know. I'm trying to take over the world. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with the DC characters, you're fighting people that are literally insane. They are people that have escaped from an asylum (laughs) specifically just to fuck with this one guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Uh, um, you have that for Batman. You have the (laughs) power. Well, Power mad or power hungry Lex Luthor, depending on the week. Well, he's more of like the ca- paranoid character that doesn't trust these, you know, right. people from other planets and sees himself as the only one brilliant enough to come up with a solution to protect humanity, you know, yeah. in his most interesting form. If you go with the movies, he's a, a real estate mogul that just wants to <laughs> come up with a real estate scheme. It's just fucking oh. stupid. That is not Lex <laughs> Luthor. Lex Luthor is actually a really cool and interesting dynamic character when done. Right. When John Justice, yeah, just like in, any villain, in the comics, but. Lex Luthor doesn't give a fuck about real estate because yeah. he has everything that he wants except for Superman's head on a pike. Yeah, uh, he, he because he doesn't trust him, not because he has any particular agenda against him or he's been wronged by him in any particular way. He uh, just the, uh, he sees him as a threat that only he can solve. You know. Yeah, the, that's uh, Superman. And Lex Luthor is probably one of the more interesting hero versus villain relationships. Yeah. And I, I, obviously, there's exceptions, particularly with Magneto, you know, that kind of dynamic uh, with Eddie Brock Venom and Spider-Man. Like, yeah. There's like specifically Eddie Brock Venom. Yeah. None of that Mac Gargan or Hobgoblin Leap and Spider-Man Price bullshit. You know, when it's the Osbournes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's exceptions, of course, but as there are with, you know, DC, there's plenty of DC villains that are throwaway, you know. Uh, yeah. There's exceptions everywhere, but I think generally speaking, the problem with Marvel is that their villains are kind of shitty. And the problem with DC is that their heroes are kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just can the we, name of the game, I guess. Can we maybe revisit the amalgam verse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Let, let's please no. <laughs> take these two companies nope. and just nope. make them kiss. Nope, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need Bat Wolverine, <laughs> Dark <guy>. Bat. <laughs> yeah, 
Spider Boy. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Superboy and Spider Man. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, the nineties were horrible. Oh, it so, was a, it was it was a dark time. <laughs> it was a very dark time. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I don't think too many people would disagree with that. And I, it, it's not an uncommon problem for comics outside of you know the immediate DC villains. You know, you think of Hellboy. Like Hellboy doesn't have a particularly memorable villain his thing is literally monster of the fucking week yeah uh spawn very similar with demon of the week you know i mean there's a few that are kind of iconic for that character if you're familiar with them but to the layman it just looks like generic demon number two yeah you know Uh, um him versus demons or angels or whoever happens to piss him off yeah and i think walking dead is one of those unique comics that succeeds in creating dynamic villains um, in the comics, but I think they run them fucking dry in the TV show. Oh, yeah, they Like, do. they run them right into the fucking <laughs> ground, man. We gotta get, get out of Negan and the governor everything that they're worth. Man, they get their money's worth for sure. <laughs> can, we, can we please let Negan go? Can we please let Jeffrey Dean Morgan do something else? I, I, I mean, it's relevant to the comics, but I, I think they stayed on one aspect of his character for way too long. Yeah. And it's just, um, but in the comics, I think they did it really well. And obviously there's uh, other examples, but I, I, there aren't really too many great villains out there outside of the ones we mentioned. Um, yeah. And I think that's the biggest hurdle for Marvel right now is just trying to come up with something that isn't generic white dude of industry or generic white Nazi from the 40s or generic society guy or generic spaceman with a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we need need a villain with a motivation that we will actually give a fuck about. I mean, even Thanos, like... Thanos is the big bad that we've been building up for for so long, but Thanos really doesn't have a good motivation for anything he does. Like the original Infinity War story, his whole motivation is that he's trying to impress Lady Death because he wants to fuck Skull and Bones over here. You know, <laughs> it's like but, so he decided to destroy the universe and kill everybody and destroy half the population of the universe with the snap of his fingers because he wanted to fuck the skeleton lady. Like. <laughs> That that's your motivation, the big bad. Like with, with Dark Side, he's waging war with other gods. At the very least, he has a motivation that makes sense. He's been at perpetual war with these assholes that live on this <laughs> planet next door. Uh, hey, he, don't you he, talk about New Genesis? Like he, that. <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with New Genesis bullshit anymore. He wants to get that anti-life equation so he can get rid of their asses. Because it's really hard to kill a fucking god. <laughs> so I finally found the anti-life equation. I can finally enact my plan for. Wait, Superman, stop! Wait, Superman, wait, no, what are you doing? No, to hey, no, no, hey, no. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Superman, don't touch that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, but even Darkseid, who is the big generic big bad guy, you know, yeah. of the DC universe, he has at least a motive that makes sense. Thanos. We have no fucking idea in this movie universe. What's his motive? Why Why did he we, decide now of all times to put on the glove and go search for the Infinity Stones? Like We don't know yet. They have exactly one movie, one movie, one movie to, to finally let us know. explain this bullshit. And, I and then another movie 
to finally resolve this bullshit. <laughs> he wants to gather the Infinity Stones so he can buy a new helmet <laughs> for his big scrotum face. Uh, he's got to look good for uh, Dead Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's like it's one thing. To, like That's what I've never understood about the generic kind of warmonger space villains. You know, the space villain is always some kind of warmonger of some side or some kind of conqueror. You know, with Galactus, at least he's eating <laughs> at least he's just trying to sustain himself you know there's a there's a motive there but with guys like thanos and other generic space villains it's always like i am here to cause death and strife and whatever okay but why why do you want our resources no do you want to manipulate our heroes and build an army well not really what do you want? Why, why are you f- messing with us? We're just like this little blip in the middle of the universe. Why do you care? Because villainy. Yes, because <laughs> villainy. As opposed to Galactus, who's like, oh, I finally made my way to this planet. Uh, Silver Surfer, thank you for surfing up this planet for me so that I can finally eat. Mr. Fantastic, what are you doing? Mr. Fantastic, n- no, no, Stop. <laughs> Reed Richards? <laughs> Salt Bay. <laughs> That's exactly what the Silver Surfer is to Galactus. He's fucking Salt, Salt Bay. Bay. <laughs> it's like... Salt Bay, what are you doing? Salt Bay? Salt, Salt Bay! Bay. <laughs> How dare you turn on me? But yeah, I, th- I asked for salt, not pepper. No, people keep calling this the Marvel problem, but I think it's you know pretty much everything outside of DC problem uh, and X Men. <laughs> right? Uh, there's there's just it's hard to create motives for very generic villains, and um, right. Thankfully, the the thing that makes these movies so good is that the the heroes and the supporting cast for the heroes are so good. Not necessarily that the villains are good, but the the cast is good. Right. And that's they, what keeps people coming to these movies. Yeah, they Thank- they figured out to make you interested in the hero. Yeah. As opposed to, in DC's case, making you interested in Jolly uh, Rancher which villain. <laughs> Gods, angels, devils. Have a Jolly Rancher. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Lex, did did you watch The Dark Knight or something? Jesse Eisenberg was terrible. Are you trying to be Ledger? Is that what this is? You're just being weird? You know how you ruin good villains? That's how you ruin good villains. <laughs> Zack Snyder, you're no no touchy. No. Uh, apparently, there's rumors going around that some person that it was an editor at some press organization said that <clears throat> he apparently got fired months before the whole uh, family incident happened, mm-hmm. where uh, he unfortunately lost his daughter. Um, but uh, I, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It may be just some guy talking out his ass, but. Uh, apparently he got fired, <laughs> and I'm not surprised. Not that I think his replacement did m- m- anything much better. I think it would have been better just to leave it as it was and just fucking get rid of it and reboot. Uh, Instead, we're perpetuating this fucking garbage universe because <laughs> we can't seem to make a good story. That is the biggest problem with DC movies to present fr- further DC finish movies. out this tangent for present dc movies in their dc extended universe they keep making movies around stories that are terrible (laughs) their stories don't fucking work 
Batman v Superman had three to six movies worth of story that they just decided to condense into one. (sighs) And yes, they're probably all doing cocaine. Bob's our coke platform. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think he's made out of? Shazam the movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. People are going to buy a kid saying a magic word and turning into a 30-year-old man. They don't like our Snyderverse. Well, we'll just make 12 more movies. Right. Because you'll fucking see it. Budget, $500 million. Right. This is Why not? That, that, that's all we need. Yeah. <sighs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> it hurts me so deep, and I'm the Marvel fanboy. And with that, I think we'll have a perfect segue into our next topic. Yes. <laughs> Marvel, write better villains. <laughs> uh, DC. Please? Write better anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, My topic uh, is more about physical comics versus digital comics and actual, you know, the art of collecting. Yes. Um, Speaking uh, of which, I've gotten into the art of collecting, or more specifically. I've been looking at it this whole episode. I can't stop staring at it, and it keeps distracting me (laughs) when I'm in mid-conversation. As you can clearly see, right here, we we have a printed box. A printed box perfectly made for storing your comics. I specifically got this uh, one that has the cover of X-Men number one plastered all over this thing for a very obvious reason. I'm a huge X-Men fan. You already know that by now. Um, But yeah... um, in case you were wondering what the hell's been off in the corner this whole time, it's been this. There's not enough black. <laughs> There's not enough black. Uh, Brian Singer, go in and fix this. Oh, you mean <laughs> fuck it up? Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, Brian Singer did okay. Uh, Brian's, Be nice. Brian Singer he, he took... He made two bad movies. He, he and took, a bunch of them. He took the Blade aesthetic and applied <laughs> it to the X-Men. To be fair blade worked uh, yes if you've seen blade. the original blade costume it's goofy as fuck it, yeah that one deserves the all black treatment <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense and are we really gonna have wesley snipes running around in bright green and yellow he's not kick-ass <laughs> <laughs> what is this arizona <laughs> No, he's fucking Blade. He fights vampires at night <laughs> because he himself is a half vampire. It, it makes sense to deck him out in black. And besides, haven't you seen people who LARP? Mama, the, don't preach. The fucking vampire, the masquerade players who like LARP their gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, seen it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. Uh, your graphic box is fucking awesome. Yes. I really love it. And I'm. If money weren't so tight right now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, but I, I just wanted to talk about physical versus digital because, uh, as I, we've talked about in the, before, my kind of buying practice is to always buy the number ones because I've been burned a few times where I looked at the number one and I was like, eh probably not that great and then it ended up becoming a tv show or a hit movie or something and i was completely wrong and i lost out on thousands of dollars yeah so (laughs) worth shot up your personal worth shot down yeah 
Yeah. And I missed out on a good story. So there's that too. Uh, so now I make it a personal mantra to try to pick up the number ones uh, from significant companies when they aren't like old characters, like new characters. Right. Um, I also pick up books that I think have really fantastic artwork. Uh, just because I know if the artwork is that great, that there's a good chance that it'll become iconic at some point. And not only will I enjoy hanging it up and displaying it for all to see, but um, you know, there's good potential that it'll gain value, not only retain value, if yeah. as long as it doesn't get smashed or something. Um, Which is what we want. And then, obviously, I try to support our local comic book shops here. Uh, we got Laughing Ogre, World's Greatest Comics, that I go to, Comic Town. It's a little further away now. Um pack rat comics there's a lot of them around here in columbus ohio uh, but i try to support the local comic book shops so i always try to buy at least one thing a week uh just to help them out even if i could you know get it slightly cheaper on comiXology or you know get it easier on comiXology or whatever um if there, you have a subscription we've talked about <clears throat> um dynamics where if you go to your local comic book shop if you order more than six or seven issues a month uh, you can get a pool, and you can get a pretty significant discount if you have a pool. But unfortunately, it's really hard to predict what issues are going to be released and which ones are going to be delayed, DC. <laughs> uh, you you usually don't uh, know until yeah. like a month or two before it's released that it's about to be canceled, and then you got to scramble to fill your obligation for six issues or seven issues. So it it's a really good deal if you know you're going to get the same comics every month. Not so good <laughs> if you're a little bit less predictable like I am. Right. Um, so I kind of miss out on that discount. So I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about our different buying practices. For me, I've been transitioning more to a start out physical and then transition to digital after a certain number of issues. I still don't know where that sweet spot is. I mean, if it's a, if it's a line that I really love, like it's just something I can't put down, like... Uh, monstrous. I, I'm gonna buy every issue of Monstrous, yeah, just because it's that good to me, and it, I think they're all worth collecting. As long as Santa Takeda's on that book, I'm gonna be buying it. Um, I have a feeling that um, Maestro is gonna be one of those books where I just I have to buy every issue physically because I want to own it, not just <laughs> for the value purposes, but because I want to own it. We love this book. Um. We love this book a lot. Batman White Knight's another example. Mr. Miracle's another example. Yeah. Even though I think Mr. Miracle is a better read digitally. Um, yeah. But I I, th- I want it so bad as a collector because I enjoy it so much that I buy it physically. So. Yeah. Um, but with other things, if like, for example, uh, Imaginary Fiends. Imaginary Fiends really enjoy, like the premise, but it's clear it's going to probably go on for a while. It's going to be, you know, one of those 100 issue books. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, hopefully. And the cover art is good, but it's not like so good that, it, you know, I just have to have it and put it on my wall for every issue or something. So, more than likely, after maybe one or two more issues, I'm going to transition to digital for that one. And I'm going to use my Comixology Unlimited subscription to get a maybe a small discount. And I'm going to use promo codes. I mean, you can literally go on Google and just type in promo codes, Comixology, or whatever your digital streaming app is. And you can usually find some kind of small discount for yeah. your purchase. Just do it all at once because usually you can only use it one or two times. So uh, make sure you got all the comics that you're going to buy digitally. So uh, save up that money, people. And it's just a little bit easier because I don't have to go into, you know, 
the fucking Columbus traffic and navigate the <laughs> potholes, you know, to go to my comic book shop, even though I love them and, you know, not saying anything bad, but um, there's certain times where it's just very convenient and it, it's hard not, not to admit that because I want to support my local comic book shops, but I've been transitioning to doing that more and more. I still go into my comic shop every week yeah. and get a, you know, a handful of number ones and wh- whichever, you know, covers I really want to get or sto- books that I really, really enjoy. Um, but I cut it off at that point just because a, it's more convenient and B it's more affordable. And I'm, as you can see, we're kind of strapped for space as it is, you know? Yeah. Um, this is the apartment dining room here where I live (laughs) and, uh, I keep all my comics stacked here in the the corner and I got about, what is it? Three, six, nine, nine, nine short boxes. I got 10 short boxes here. Um, so, I mean, it adds up and it starts to take up quite a bit of room, especially if you're not like selling them outright or, you know, dealing right. them every day, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, a lot of them I intend to hang up and frame before too long once I complete specific collections and stuff like that. So it's really hard to manage all this stuff. And especially if you move, you know, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass to lift all these things and then put them somewhere where they're not going to get smushed or something and not going to get something poured on them in the moving truck and in like, the car. You, you got to protect them. It's a pain in the butt, man. <laughs> so yeah. I was just wondering, what are your practices? Um, well, in terms of uh, finding that sweet spot, uh, I think the, the sweet spot is going to differ from person to person based on the reason why they collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I have never really been one to collect for value, even though I should have, considering that I actually had the first issue of Ultimate X-Men number one. Might have actually been worth something by now. Probably not. <laughs> I missed out on Walking Dead, so yeah. don't feel bad. I still think about that every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I personally collect books that, uh, one, I I want to uh, support because I like supporting good writing, good art. Um, I I feel like I'm basically having a direct hand in someone's career. Mm -hmm. Like, the the more that I purchase uh, either this book from Image or this book from DC or this book from Marvel or any of the other outlying companies... Um, I, for me personally, uh, unless someone tells me like ahead of time that there's this really good book that's about to come out, uh, even though it'd be hard to say that it's good before it comes out, uh, if, you know, word, word hits my ears that, uh, there's a number one that I need to check out. I want to get it, uh, the printed form. I, I want to get the physical copy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although there are lots of titles, specifically long-standing titles, where I have either gone away from it a while, haven't had the money to support the book, or I've seen the book go downhill and I don't feel like supporting it any further. Yeah. uh, Where uh, in order to catch back up to it later when it does get good, I will start to buy back issues digitally. Mm. Um, That's usually how I've done it. Uh, I personally don't like doing uh, digital titles uh, unless I see this really like well-crafted uh, comic book 
specifically in my case, I'm probably going to be doing a digital with Aquaman, uh, unless I can somehow find all of the back issues in print. Yeah. Um, uh, and sometimes that's what you got to do. It sucks, but sometimes it's all you can do. Right. And it's if you have a com- Comixology Unlimited subscription, it's really worth it, I think. Uh, it's like $6 a month. Yeah. But you get discounts in certain brands. Not DC's not included, unfortunately. But um, you get discounts in certain brands, and then you get a huge catalog of like back issues. Maybe a year older, older, but yeah. you have a huge catalog to read from it. Like I was reading Lock and Key for a long time, and man, is that book good. <laughs> and there's no way I would have been able to track them all down and read them all in order, you know, without right. a digital interface. So <laughs> it it has never been easier to be a fan of comic books, but at the same time, it's never been harder. <laughs> uh, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but to anybody who's a comic fan, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, right. It's never been more accessible and more easy to find issues, but it's never been more daunting, you know, <laughs> as a new newcomer to try to jump in and figure out what's going on especially with long established books yeah or more easy to become a critic in this day and age (laughs) it's like that there's i think we've gotten to a point in our society where uh because we know how stories work and because comic thanks pixar thank you pixar uh because we know how comic books work um we can very easily recognize when a writer is doing something that's a bit derivative or a bit contrived or uh, a bit like off of the mark of something that you would expect for like the standard uh, tights and fights type of book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately, we have books that uh, go outside of that, like the the most recent uh, reboot of Witchblade has managed to uh, take that from what was a... Uh, boob. Not qu- Boobs. Not, it, it wasn't quite Red Sonia boob. It wasn't quite Vampirella boob. Yeah, it was, it was more like... Um, hmm, that's a really good analogy here. It's more like Wonder Woman boob. Wonder Woman boob. A, li- a little bit more exploitative than Wonder Woman boob. A little bit. Uh between Witchblade and Fathom, we're talking like '90s Wonder Woman boob uh, oh. with the like the fucking <laughs> the <laughs> swimsuit that comes up to her ribs. Oh yeah yeah yeah, the '90s style like there's, high waist thong. Yeah, there's yeah. like a <laughs> there's like a centimeter of cloth preventing <laughs> her labia from spilling out. Oh, that, that, that Wonder Woman. That's what Witchblade used to be. <laughs> Which blade is no longer that, thanks to good writing. Right. Um, they they actually went back and tried to explore the character as opposed to this character's an anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, that, that book, I will be going back and trying to find the uh, number one of it because I like it that much. <laughs> um, but uh, I have an issue. Uh, yeah you do send me an offer (laughs) (laughs) i'll make you an offer that you might probably refuse damn (laughs) (laughs) the um yeah i think for me personally it depends on the book it depends on quality can you offer me new brake calipers (laughs) <laughs> no for those who want to know about our delays <laughs> our delays my delays yeah 
Uh, Thanks, oh no, I, Columbus potholes. Yeah, I, I say that as like we we act as a unit. Uh, your delays are my delays. <laughs> With that being said, uh, our delays are more specifically uh, a delay as a result of uh, bad maintenance and infrastructure in Columbus. <laughs> it's the city's fault, not ours. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't live in uh, Ohio, Indiana, or Michigan, basically what happens in the Midwest is we're really cheap when it comes to fixing our roads. So we use terrible materials, and then when the roads get fucked up, we just fill it with some cold patch and hope it lasts. And then when the winter comes, it snows a lot, and our snow plows scrape up all of the shit we pretended to fix. Yeah. Uh, and we assumed it wasn't that big a deal because it's just a little bumpy. But after the snow thaws, th- then you have uh, craters in the road. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. they basically devour your car. And I wouldn't recommend driving in the these cities. Don't, uh, don't do uh, it. In Ohio, Indiana, or Michigan. Post winter, be, be very careful where you drive. You, get, you give it about a month or two before you visit those states, because it gets rough. That it does, especially if you care about your vehicle. <laughs> 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 I've popped many tires and had some other mechanical and bearing issues thanks to potholes. So, thanks, Ohio. I, I guess that's why our. Uh State flower is the construction cone. <laughs> yeah. A lot of orange. A lot, a lot of orange. A lot of orange. Yeah. Hence uh, the Browns and Bengals. <laughs> Ooh. They're they're orange traffic cones <laughs> for construction sites. That's what they are. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, it's 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 tough to manage cuz on one end if you buy it digitally, you can't sell it. It's, right. It's there. Right. If, and, if uh, you're trying to resell these things later, mm-hmm. then digital is not the way to go. Yeah. And unless you have a pool, there's really no chance of a discount. Um, whereas digital, you have a pretty good shot at getting a, at least a 10% to 15% discount uh, using a promo code or some other service or whatever, uh, which does help. Uh, especially if you buy as many as we do, yeah. Um, you obvious, you usually have like a cinematic way to read it programmed into the app or whatever, which is really nice. However, sometimes you you lose that whole splash page impact because it's on a little screen. You're just like, oh, okay, you know. But when you read it in a real comic, you're like, wow, this is really intricate. This is really cool. And there's a lot of features and details that you miss with a digital app. And sometimes it's just hard to read. Yeah. So, sometimes I have to fucking zoom in like a million fucking times on the image because I can't read the little text, you know, <laughs> especially in a big blown up image, you know, on a little digital screen. So right. there's significant downsides. Um, I think Marvel does a really good thing. I hate that they put it on the front of the cover because it's really annoying because <laughs> it blocks the cover art. But I think it's really great that they have the digital edition inside the physical edition. So if you buy the physical book in the shop, you still get the digital one and you can go redeem it on Marvel Unlimited. So I think that's really cool. I wish all comic companies would do that because that would first and foremost establish a a greater impact for local comic book shops to actually order more issues because now there's no more value within that issue. Right. Um, And it does kind of make up for the space that you're sacrificing, you know, (laughs) trying to preserve these comics and make sure they don't get damaged and don't lose all their value. Um, so 
there's plus and minuses everywhere. Again, I'm I'm starting to transition more into kind of a 50-50 approach where long established stuff that I know isn't going to hold a ton of value uh and is kind of risky. I just kind of get digitally when it's convenient and then the big stuff that has really great cover art or uh is a number 1 or is, you know, a a book I really particularly like and enjoy. Uh, those ones I'll f- still physically buy uh, and and take care of. Um, I, I know some people buy volumes and volumes are great uh, to get a collected edition and go through it that way. But again, it doesn't retain any value like individual issues do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's just something lost with volumes. And um, I, I think it's an easier read. It's a better read because now you have all the context back to back. Um, but I think you kind of lose something when you read a volume book because the spine's a little thicker and it's a little tougher to read, and you kind of you yeah, kind of got to damage it just to open it, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like a soft cover book, you know. It's it's really hard not to damage the spine and mess up the front and everything when you're reading a big thick book. Yeah, there, um, there's something about the um, because of the volume books, the, like the very nature of their construction. Uh, more times than not, you are going to lose some of the art just to the spine. Yeah, and and if you get the hardcover, often you're paying a, a good premium. You yeah. Know, whereas if you bought the individual issues, it probably wouldn't have cost you quite as much. Yeah. Um, Which so again, do not resell. There, there's there's downsides, there's upsides, um, but I think overall. I think having some kind of mixed approach is probably the best for everybody, especially yeah. if you're trying to catch up, which we both of us are always trying to do. So yeah, um, this time it's Aquaman's turn. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that wraps up the topic pretty good, unless you have something else to add. Uh, Support your local d- comic book shops. Yes, but that, I think the, that's the the overall thing here is like support your local comic book shops, but. Uh, if you're trying to get into a comic, do not feel ashamed to uh, buy a digital if you really want to get caught up. Because, yeah. I mean, even the best of us have to do that sometimes. Well, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. Mediocre! Thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below, as we said at the beginning of the podcast. And check us out on your podcast services and social networks of choice. We're on Twitter at HTB Vids. Yep. We're on Facebook at forward slash hit the books, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. And you can always go to our website, htbvids.com. That's V I D S dot com, uh, where you can find uh, buttons that'll take you straight to our YouTube channel, straight to our iTunes feed, straight to our Stitcher feed, and many other different things and materials and written documents. And you can see the former covers and variant covers of the week for last year and this year. Um, literally, you can type in htbvids.com forward slash the year, you know, 2017, 2018. And you can see what we chose for our covers and variant covers of the week leading up to this week. So feel free to check that out. Once again, we apologize for being late this week. Again, had some issues <laughs> thanks to my car, which is my primary form of work right now. So yeah, um, uh, we like to keep things transparent here. Yeah, and we also wanted to see Black Panther first. So again, we had two things that caused major delays for us. Yeah, and uh, getting this podcast out. But the fortunate thing is, you get both the review and the podcast this week back to back. So oh yeah, enjoy. Please uh, let us know what you think about both the podcast subjects and. Uh, 
the movie review. Um, You're welcome, world. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> about that. Um, so uh, hopefully next week we'll be back on time, all good to go, and uh, everybody will be happy and jolly and full of energy, and we'll have more news items to talk about for your enjoyment. Of which I'm sure there will be many. So thank you once again for watching. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs>